Welcome to the Other Page Radio. My name is Haywood Fennell. This program is brought to you by Triad Veterans League Incorporated, WBCALP 102.9 FM, Boston, Boston's community radio station. I started to say Boston's greatest community radio station. <laughs> I don't think I would have been wrong in putting us up there because we care about our community and we want to know what's going on in our community and we reporting out what we are doing and what we need to do. And, you know, we got a lot of things going on. We got people that are out there in the community, been out there a little while, trying to bring some dignity and self-respect and safety to our community. One of the areas that we uh, focus on is uh, solution-driven organizations such as Step Rock. Step Rock. Today we have the director of the New Step Rock facility on Blue Hill Avenue. Uh, we have uh, Sister Loretta Leverett here with us today. Hello, Loretta. How are you? Hello, Hayward. I am wonderful. Okay. Absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on your program. Well, we excited about the work that you're doing, and we want to talk a little bit about that. But before we uh, go into that, I want to just break here for a couple of PSAs. The Oscar Micheaux Family Theater Program is a Boston nonprofit. They hope to teach the importance of community service through the art of theater. Looking to establish a year-round community-based family theater organization with full theater productions by people from the community. For more information, you can visit www.oscarmichaudrep.tripod.com. Are you a veteran, or do you know a veteran who is struggling with housing due to COVID-19? Veterans, Inc. can help provide support services, including assistance with rent, deposits, utilities, as well as emergency housing, including hotel stays to eligible struggling veterans. If you or someone you know is in need of services, please call 1-800-482-2565 or go online to www.veteransinc.org. Back again, folks, this is Hayward Fennell. Our guest today is Sister Loretta Everett. Leverett. Thank you. Uh, so, Loretta, so how's things going in your new office? Well, you know, it has been an uphill struggle. However, Did we... Did you say are, uphill struggle? Yep. Okay. Yep. It had been an uphill struggle, but we are doing well. As a matter of fact, um, t next Wednesday, the 29th, we are hosting an open house at our center from 3 to 7. And we're calling it a look and see because... We want you to look at what it started out as and what it is now. We um, renovated the site of the old breezeway that had been unoccupied and falling down um, for over 12 years, well, at least 12 years. And we came in and we renovated it to provide a safe, clean, beautiful space in the community for people to come in and participate in activities at the center, participate in 
activities, recovery-related activities. So we're doing, I think we're doing well. But you're doing an uphill battle, you say? It was an uphill battle at one point because um, I think not just in the community, in the neighborhood of Roxbury, but uh, addiction services, people have an erroneous idea of what that means. And at Step Rocks, we are peer-to-peer. We are a participatory model. We are not a clinical model. So we don't distribute any drugs. And I think that that was one of the impressions that the community had, and they were... um, They weren't in favor of having a recovery support center in the community because there was not a a lot of understanding of what that meant. And, you know, I have to take some of the responsibility for that because um, I think that uh, we could have done a better job in informing the community prior to uh, getting there. But Well, you uh, got a chance to do that today, Loretta. You know, and I but, hope that's what I'm doing. Right. But what I wanted you to do is can you tell the listening audience a little more about the history of Step Rock in the city of Boston? Sure. Uh, I'm probably one of the only ones that still involved with Step Rocks that knows the history because we came from a program called Step Incorporated that was in the North End. And that program was a free program. This is before the state, um, the state decreed that everyone had to have insurance. People didn't have insurance, so they had nowhere to go. So we were in the, the North End, and at one point, people were coming from various uh, parts of, of the city. Uh, particularly, we had a program that was through the courts. It was an anger management program program. And people were coming from Roxbury, and they were coming from Dorchester and all over to to the north end to be a part of this program. And we recognized that we were pretty much, it, it was wonderful for the people who could, that Step Inc. was accessible to, but it wasn't that accessible to people in other areas of the city. So we came into Roxbury, and we found a, um, a site it was in the former uh, Dudley Square, and um, we opened our doors there. At the time, we were doing clinical services. and uh, What did that entail? That entailed that people came in and they got counseling. And um, we don't do anything like that now. It's a peer-to-peer service. We may have someone that does recovery coaching, uh, but there's no counseling. Um, people, Are you talking about on Blue Hill Avenue? Yes, on Blue Hill Avenue, we don't have counseling services. We have peer-to-peer support services. So we have a staff that um, a staff that is in recovery, and the people that come to the center, uh, not everyone is in recovery, but it's a safe place for people in recovery, their family and friends that are um, their family and friends and and people who are interested in recovery, to come into the center to help um, promote what we're doing at the center. We have resources, uh, we have activities, and we 
we hope that people come in because it's a participatory model. That means that the staff doesn't design everything based upon how we want to see it. We like to, not we like to, we need to have the community come in and say, hey, you're in our community. This is some of the things that we'd like to see happen here. And so we help to um, design those sorts of things. So let me ask you a question. So actually, uh, that's what this uh, June 22nd, July this uh, 29th, June 29th, July, June 29th, June 29th event, yes, uh, is, is, is about. Is that what you're saying? Yes. This event is just to have people come in and see the space. It's a beautiful space and it has a lot of potential. We have a lot of suggestions on things that could happen there, but we'd like to have the buy-in from the community so they can come in and look at it and say, hey, this would be great for um, our seniors to come in and have a senior program. Um, this would be great to, one of the things that, I know I didn't finish my thought, but one of the things, because I get excited when I start thinking about things that we'd like to do, we uh, uh, we will be, we will have a, um, um, a newsletter uh, committee, a newsletter group. So people who might be interested in going out into the community and bringing information back and putting it in a newsletter, we're going to do things around um, having something called a recovery corner. And that means that you can come in and discuss anything related to recovery. Well, let me ask you a question because you mentioned something uh, regarding a seniors. What was that? What was that? Well, we noticed or we thought that, and speaking to some of the um, faith-based, um, the faith-based community, we found that there weren't, it didn't appear to be a lot of programs for seniors. You know, during COVID, a lot of seniors became isolated and uh, are they are, do they have substance abuse histories? Is that what you're saying? Uh, there's not enough. Well, uh, yes, uh, we, uh, there's not enough uh, uh, facilities sensitive to uh, the uh, ever climbing uh, 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 population of seniors that uh, use drugs or have drug using histories. Is, is yes. that why you're bringing in the seniors? Well, well, that's, yes, that's part of why. Okay. Because people... People don't talk about that, you know. Uh, that That is. That is a well-kept secret mm -hmm. because the seniors who became isolated, and particularly those who may have been struggling with substance use issues during the COVID and that, isolate, that isolation, a, a, a lot of seniors and other people, but since we're you know we're focusing on the seniors, they their substance use um, escalated, and because of feeling isolated, you know the the loneliness, um, you know they're no longer connected. At one point, the churches were closed, and that was people's social outlet, and people didn't have that anymore. So. We want to be able to do something to encourage seniors to become engaged and connected. 
This is the Other Page Radio Program, uh, WBCALP 102.9 FM, Boston, Boston's community radio station. Our guest today is the director of the newly organized uh, office. On, what is the address again? It's 153 Blue Hill Avenue. 153 Blue Hill Avenue, 153 Blue Hill Avenue. And our guest today, again, is Loretta Leverett. Loretta Leverett is our <laughs> guest today, and she is talking about some of the plans that are in place for to include a June 29th event at 139? 153. 153 Blue Hill Avenue at what time? From 3 to 7 p.m. 3 until 7 p.m. You can come there to this new office with this new space that Step Rock has um, created and, and is developing for community use around recovery issues. Uh, Loretta, you, uh, you were saying that the uh, Step Rock back in the day uh, was a place for anger management. Is that what you said? Yes. Okay. Now, when when we were doing clinical services, it wasn't a recovery support center at the time. It was an engagement center. And at that time, we were under the umbrella of STEP Incorporated. Okay. And now we are STEP Incorporated merged with North Suffolk Mental Health Association. Okay, so that's a collaboration between North Suffolk and what is the other person? What no, other? Step Step Inc. is no longer um, involved. That's right. They 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 no longer exist. Right, right. What 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 I was wondering uh, about uh, Loretta was the uh, the wording that you use uh, to describe your organization. You, you don't deal directly, and correct me if I'm wrong, you don't deal directly with addiction other than uh, provide uh, a recovery coach, individual. You don't do groups anymore? Yes, we do groups. Okay. Right. And we they have been pretty much hybrid. You know, we have our online and we encourage people to come into the center and and, and be a part of these groups. But uh, Are the groups held there? Yes, because it's a hybrid, so we can do them online. But eventually, the, the hybrid, we are encouraging people to come into the center because that's the model that we have, is you bring the community into the center to connect with one another. That's how recovery works. It's hard to connect when you are um, on a, in a Zoom meeting. But to come into the center, people who are early in recovery, they come into the center, they interact with people who are in long-term recovery. That's the model that we have. Okay. So we, and we like the the hybrid, but it's not the model. We'll be right back with our guest today, Miss Loretta Leverett from Step Rock. Potential is everywhere. 
It's in every child in every community. Big Brothers Big Sisters of Eastern Massachusetts works to transform communities by empowering, defending, and igniting the potential of youth across Eastern Massachusetts, ensuring every child has the support from caring adults that they need for healthy development and success in life. Big Brothers Big Sisters fosters one-to-one -one mentoring relationships between child and adult, helping the youth in our communities achieve their fullest potential. But at any given moment, there are hundreds of children in our region in need of a caring adult role model. Do you have what it takes to become a defender of potential? You can learn more at massbaybigs.org. Again, this is the other page radio. My name is Haywood Fennell, and uh, we have a wonderful guest here today, but I wanted to update our listening audience on some things that Triad Veterans League is involved <clears throat> coming up this year. And one of the things that we're so very happy about is the uh, collaboration uh, that the Oscar Michelle Family Theater Program Company, also known as the company, will be celebrating 25 years, 25 years of uh, developing and creating uh, productions and plays that focus on our, our history, which we know is not a mystery. And we are going to be uh, auditioning, putting together the cast uh, with the help of some lead people, uh, Sophia Hayes Caldwell from Founder of Stages Culture Center for the Arts out in Randolph. She's going to be helping us bringing the hip-hop genre in this play. We've never done that before. Mm -hmm. And we will have uh, the representative from Berkeley College of Music, Dr. Emmett G. Price III, Dean of the Africana Music Studies Department, who said he's been looking at our production for the last 20 years. And the Harlem Renaissance uh, is a very telling time regarding our history and our struggle. Uh, they want to denote us as slaves, but we are the only people that came from the Eastern Hemisphere, uh, meaning Africa, that were free. We were free. We weren't slaves. We were captured. We hid our talents over 300 years. And when the Emancipation Proclamation came along, and we, we celebrate that now since it's become a national holiday, uh, and we need to be able to tell that story. The hunter can tell the story of how he slew the lion, but the lion can't tell the truth because he's dead. So one of the things that we emphasize is not embellishing the lie, but embellishing 
the truth. We have struggled in this country and continue to struggle in this country. Our production company includes people in recovery, and they have been with us a while. And I remember when Step Rock was on Palmer Street, and I was a member there, we put together a study group for theater and theater writing, script writing, called How You Like Me Now. I'm looking forward to, at some point in time, re-engaging people so that they can better define themselves and create ways to cope with all the variables that causes addiction. Because addiction is the outcome of behavior disorders. And so nobody wakes up in the morning and say that they're going to be an addict. Mm -hmm. It has to deal with crisis situations, trauma, drama, the lack of love, the lack of unity, the lack of understanding who you are. And so how you like me now, we're looking forward to bringing that up. And we're looking forward to the November 12th and 13th performance celebrating the 25th year of the Oscar Michelle Family Theater Program Company, also known as The Company. We have earned this right to perform for our people, and we will be asking for support with written letters to the mayor of the city of Boston to help us become a community-based theater in residence with space to reach and to teach our people, our families, our youth. That is what Triad Veterans League is doing. Keep in mind, veterans are an overlooked and underused community resource. But we don't have to be. Today, we have with us Loretta Leverett. She knows about veterans and their value. She's having an event on June the 29th from 4 until 7. 3 to 7. 3 until 7 p.m. at 153 Blue Hill Avenue, a very nice space. She is reaching out to the community on this show today to ask people to come in and to hear some of the things that Step Rock has envisioned to help the community. And we are glad to hear about that. But I have another question, Loretta. And that question involves the high crime and active substance abuse in our community as well as in the community that you're located in. What is the feedback from people who have asked you questions? Are they concerned about the active addiction that's going on in their community? Well, you know, Hayward, I believe that 
quite a few people are not really seeing the relationship between active addiction and the crime that's happening. You know, the, the, the violence that we're seeing is not standalone. It's related to the fact that I can pretty much tell you that the majority of people engaged in criminal activity, there's substance use involved. You know, you're either, um, it, it has, to, has to do with either um, trying to obtain it, trying to sell it, trying to, uh, you know, it, it's all substance use and abuse is part of that whole um, scenario. And so people are concerned about the crime. However, I think that what we're trying to do is to help people see the relationship between the crime and the active addiction, and that we want it to be exactly where we are in the heart of the in, in, central, in the community, so that we could help to bring people in and have these discussions and look at other models in other areas where people are addressing this. But we first have to get the community um, aware and willing to look at the fact that, you know, we're, we're in a high crime area and our center being there is not promoting crime. It's not promoting addiction. It is there to to help alleviate the, the issues that are occurring based upon um, the active addiction and criminal activity. Okay, so that brings me to the next question. Uh, thank you. Uh, and that is, have you done any actual research or do you use any research material uh, to formulate your plan? Did you do that? To formulate the plan Overall, or uh, you could say overall because you're well, an ongoing development organization. Yes. Is that right? Right. Well, we're basing it upon our experience, and we're basing it upon what we see that is that is happening now. And so, we also look at what other people in other areas of the country. What are they doing? You know, around their. Um, you know, sexploitation? What are they doing around active addiction? What are they doing? So we, we look at research. We're involved with um, um, institutions that are dealing with um, trauma. You know, as a matter of fact, we're having someone, a, a trauma program that'll be starting at the center. I believe it'll be in September. And there was a lot of research that was done to bring this trauma program in through Harvard. And um, so... Through Harvard, did you say? Yes, it's through a, a, through a program at Harvard. And what we are doing is having the third and fourth year medical students come into um, our community so that they are not just working with um, people that they have no they have no real connection to. So coming into the community and getting to working in the community and getting to know people and to look at 
underlying issues, not just the symptoms of something that they're bringing to the medical profession, but to understand the issues that are in the community. Is our research dollars involved in that? No. You mean the Step Rocks research dollars? I mean Harvard. Uh, do they do they pay uh, people that they're interviewing, doing their surveys and their uh, conversations uh, to gather data? Are they paying the uh, participants any kind of stipend? Because I know, I, yes, we do. I know, I know that when I was working at an agency uh, around HIV/AIDS, and we had some affiliation with Harvard, that those people were paid. The ones that provided the information. Well, it's a program that hasn't started. I don't mean to try to, you know, like to stun you or anything no, like I'm that. No, I'm not stunned. Okay. I'm just All saying right. it hasn't started. But I believe that that was a discussion about if when they bring this program into the center, you know, of course, it's a voluntary program. Right. And it's a program designed to address the trauma that people have experienced, that the, the trauma in the community is so commonplace that often people don't recognize it's the internalized. Fact that they, that's right, that they have trauma. It's a way of life. Mm -hmm. So um, if, no, I don't have a, well, this is a, a stipend that's going to be paid to people who f want to participate in this group to try to, to understand, you know, what is what has been happening to them. So it, it's a good point, and, um, you know, that's something Are that— Are there any other agencies uh, in our area that you know of, uh, Boston Public Health Commission, uh, the, um, the New, Haymark, New Market Square Retailers Association? Are they affiliated in any way with these, uh, this particular project? No, up. as as far as I don't have a list of all of the organizations that um, that were that are involved with them. Uh, however, I know that um, uh, I'm I, I'm not they, today. They were having a um, a meeting with one of the other organizations that uh, will be involved. And at this moment, the name escapes me, but okay. I don't have a list of of whoever the other programs that... You're doing, um, you're doing good providing what you have. That's why we don't know speculative information because uh, we have listeners that are concerned about what's going on, what's not going on. And we here at the other page radio, thank you for coming in and providing us what you're providing us. This is the Other Page Radio, WBCA LP 102.9 FM, Boston, Boston's community radio station. And we have a very interesting guest. We're going to be right back after this public service announcement. Are you a veteran, or do you know a veteran who is struggling with housing due to COVID-19? Veterans Inc. can help provide support services, including assistance with rent, deposits, utilities, as well as emergency housing, including hotel stays to eligible struggling veterans. If you or someone you know is in need of services, please call 1-800-482-2565 or go online to www.veteransinc.org. Back again, folks. Uh, 
one of the things that uh, there was a lot of news coverage, uh, Loretta, you may recall the uh, mass cash tent, not tent city, but tent project that was going on for several months. And, uh, you know, they had to go in and remove the tents. But they didn't remove the people. And they haven't been able to really have a plan, a strategic collaborative in place to deal with people that are coming from different zip codes and settling right in our community less than 10 blocks from where your office at 153 Bill Hill Avenue is located. You may or may not have seen a lot of people walking with these backpacks on and uh, other descriptive uh, items going into different places and injecting drugs openly in some places. What, what are your thoughts about that? It's a very, very difficult issue. Um, I know that some of the people that were on mass and cast, they were uh, relocated to what they call low-threshold homes, and that's located on the grounds of the Shattuck. Um, located where there? On the grounds of the Shattuck Hospital. Okay. And I think they had put together 10 units. And um, they, of course, the people who are relocated there, they are um, people who are active. And how, so that means that they have a safe place off the street at night. But during the day, the people reassemble down on Mass and Cass because that's where they buy drugs. That's where, but also over the years, people who have been living there, that's where their family is. That's where people that they know, that they, that they connect with. So it's a, it's a real difficult issue to try to determine, I know that the city has put a lot of the uh, people from that area in different hotels, and but I think it was a, a, a case of, you know, building, uh, flying the plane while you're building it, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't know. It doesn't feel you like— You think it's a—what what was that colloquial you just used? <laughs> building, flying the plane while you're building it. Okay. So I don't— know what the, it's like, let's do something. However, we're not sure what the, we're not sure of the solution. So it's the continuing to try various methods to deal with this solution of people who are active and want to, they're not ready to go into recovery what do you do with them? Let me ask you a question. Uh, do you remember Natascale? Do I remember? 
Na- native skill first. Oh yes, sure. Okay. Sure. And uh, how they had a therapeutic program in place that uh, helped a lot of people, male and female, and that um, a lot of the counseling was done by people who were themselves uh, recovering from uh, substance abuse disorder. And now they have uh, something called recovery coaching. What is recovering coaching? Could you tell us? Yes. Recovery coaches are people with lived experience that reach out to people to help them to recover from substance use, to help them to achieve goals, to help them to discover goals that um, perhaps during their active addiction, um, a lot of their um, their goals and they either lost them or they never had an opportunity to fully develop them because of their use and abuse of, of um of substances. So the recovery coach is not a counselor, not your friend, but is someone that can help you go in the direction you might like to go. They don't tell you, well, that you shouldn't, you, this is not the direction you should go. They try to help you to discover, is this a healthy direction that you are, you're heading in? And to try to redirect if people are going off track and um, to try to encourage people to continue on that recovery pathway. Do you think that that's an effective way to um, deal with people that um, are caught up? Well, I have to say it's been effective for the people that we've worked with. They continue to... Uh, return our recovery coach. Um, um, we only. I'm a recovery coach. As a matter of fact, I I don't. I'm not seeing any recoveries. But our recovery coach is um, inundated with people who are wanting and needing her her services. Well, if you if 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 your uh, recovery coach is inundated, as you just said. And you are a recovery coach, but you're not doing it, then that's kind of counterproductive, isn't it? No, I don't think so, because... You're not using the information. Uh, well, that's not necessarily true. I that's what don't, you said. If I can have a moment to explain it... No question. What I'm saying is I am the director of a program. Right. So when people come to the center, I and they are in need of services, and I am able at that moment to work with them, I'm glad to. But my primary responsibility... I remember, Ms. Loretta, when you was on Palmer Street and your door was always open, and then sometimes your door was closed with somebody in there, you was giving advice. And it's and so that, when you say that still is yeah but 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 but, but when you just, when you say that uh, you are a recovery coach but you don't use it you got to remember we got to listen to the audience here well, and I'm, you said that uh, hey well, you, that's not exactly what I'm saying what I'm saying is 
I don't have the opportunity based upon my other responsibilities to to be able to have 10, 15 people that I'm providing recovery services to. But you do, but you still do provide when you can. Is that right? Absolutely. My door is always open. My door is always open. But my prime, you know, I have a recovery coach that that's her primary responsibility. Right, but I I don't want our listening audience to think that you got this information and you no, ain't sharing I, it. You know I, what I mean? I share it inside my inside the center and outside the center. Okay. All right. I, it's not just relegated to my uh, to being at Step Rocks. It's right. anybody that I meet that right. needs to have any kind of assistance with what they're going through. So you know, I'm also a licensed alcohol and drug counselor. Okay. But I don't use, I don't, I don't counsel, but you can, I can pretty much argue that my conversations with people when they come in and they're struggling with something, I try to give advice. Let me ask you. Based upon my own recovery experience. I've been in recovery 34 years. Oh, you you beat me to the punch, Mr. Obrella. I was going to ask you that. You beat me to the punch on that one right there. But let me just ask you this right here. Since you said that in the 34 years, what would be your uh, position on service needs for substance abuse uh, uh, what is my position on service After needs? 34 years of working in the field mm-hmm. and being uh, uh, active. What what services do people need? Yeah. They need mental health and trauma-related services to help deal with a lot of the issues why they have, why they use. Right. What about parental involvement, Ms. Loretta? The parental, that's why we have a group designed to work. It's called the Nurturing Programs for Families in Substance um, and Substance Use. Is this at the center? Yes. And we have that program to deal with parents who have struggled with their own substance use issues and, of course, you know, trying to parent while you have your, you know, your own substance use issues. Um, some of the parents there have had children uh, removed from the home based upon their substance use and abuse. So we try to um, work with people that have long-term issues around their own substance use to help them to see how they have, there have been missteps in their um in their child-rearing capabilities. I want to say, folks, that we are having this very interesting conversation today with Loretta Leverett, who is the director at 153 Blue Hill Avenue of Step Rock. She's here today to talk about a June 29th event that starts at 3 p.m., that welcomes the public and, in particularly, the community to come to see what they are doing and what they are planning to do to build capacity around the importance of being educated as to what Step Rock is doing. Step Rock has a history 
that started some years ago in the North End, and they collaborated with the North Sulphur Addiction Services, and they have produced this program that has a history in our community. Now, it is not a one-stop program because of the intensity and the broadening of this panic-driven addiction system here. They moved the tents, everybody, but they didn't move the people any place but around the corner to stand on the side streets less than a block from the Suffolk County Jailhouse with the police cars, lights blinking blue, and people turning blue from injecting drugs openly. And so one of the things that we hear at the other page radio is about is about looking at the entire need to revitalize our thinking because you have funding doesn't buy dignity, it doesn't buy respect. Uh, you can have good intentions, but you know what they say about good intentions. <laughs> yes. Good intentions pave the road to hell. We need, based on this conversation, to be more attentive and supportive of the programs that Loretta Leverett is a part of. It's not, like I said, a one-stop agency, but it is like the shade of the toothpick beating the hot, scorching sun. Now, that's a metaphor for you to think about. Something is being done, but more needs to be done. We need to be more involved. As an addict with 27 years of sobriety, I am involved in our community. I am advocating for veterans, for veterans with substance abuse and mental health disorders, for youth, for education, for literacy, for program development and housing for veterans, because there are a lot of veterans in our community that are ashamed of being called veterans. Mm -hmm. Many of us left and went into the military, male and female, with all kinds of plans and bright eyes. Some came back, some are still missing because they lost their lives. But then again, there are some missing because they lost their lives in another way, coming back all traumatized from PTSD and other mental health-related issues that include substance abuse. So, if you're in the community of 153 Blue Hill Avenue, and when you hear this program on the radio, write it down, the location and the time and the place, because it seems that people are traveling so fast that they're not seeing they're not hearing, and more importantly, they're not listening. And that's what we need to do. We need to be 
see more, say more, and do more. Substance abuse and its treatment is not something that's relegated to any specific agency. It is a co coordinated strategy of many agencies, and Step Rock is a part of that. She said that Harvard Health is going to be a part of a survey gathering and service to our community entity coming through Step Rock. Is that right? Yes, Harvard Medical, right. Okay. Now, remember now, everybody, that Harvard Medical and Boston University Medical and maybe some other medicals, I don't know, are working in our community. And we need to be on point and telling them what you feel that your community needs to be better. Because those people do not live in our community. They don't know you from Adam's house, cat. But they know Miss Loretta and her staff, Loray and the other young lady and whoever else is over there that's been working with us in the community since Palmer Street that I know of. So let's get on board. Let's be supportive of this new facility and get some solidifying and so that we can move those people from the corners that are right up the street from 153 Blue Hill Avenue and get them to begin to talk about their issues so that we can help deal with those issues so that they don't have to be on that corner That's right. standing as losers. Everybody has a winning moment. I said 27 years of sobriety. But I could not have done any of that without support. None of that without support. And I want you to know that you can be a part of a winning solution. You don't have to use drugs to want to help somebody get off drugs. You don't have to be a criminal to understand that you don't have to do the things that you do. It's behaviors that we're dealing with. By going to the June 29th 3 to 7 event, you will be able to open the door to a fresher smell of hope and not the stale smell of dope. This is the other page radio. My name is Haywood Fennell. Our guest today is Loretta Leverett who's come in and talked a little bit about what she is involved in, why she is involved in, and that is very important. Miss um, Loretta, yes. you may have a few minutes. You know, I just wanted to add, when you talked about um, the hopelessness that's down on Mass and Cass, you know, out of that hopelessness, we have a staff person that came from 
mass, and caste. Okay. That was homeless on mass and caste. That was an active addict on mass and caste. And now that, that she is someone who provides hope to other people that they can also recover because she went through all of that. And um, I am so grateful to have her on the staff. I'm grateful for the people, the Lorraine and the Caitlin and the other people. That, and, and you, Hayward, you were with us from Nine Palmer and people that continue to support us and understand what it is that we are doing. And, you know, the, the program we have is for um, 18 plus. It is not a drop-in. It is not a place so people were afraid that people would come and they want to just sit. And when you come into the center, we are there to help you with resources, to help you to get back on your feet and to understand that there is hope because we are all people that were, are in recovery. And so we understand the struggles. We want to also, Ms. Lovetta, thank you again. Uh, folks, I want to just bring you up to date on some things that I've been doing since I last spoke with you. you beautiful people out there. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, you veterans, I'm forever grateful to you. Thank you for your service. Uh, last week I met with the executive director, if you will, uh, of uh, New Esther Community Dodd. Uh, you know, they building these buildings around here. They are a uh, nonprofit uh, land Trust Develop uh, Community Development Corporation called CDCs, you know. So anyway, my, my, my purpose was to find out how do we get veterans in their schematic for house building, you know, uh, uh, apartments for our veterans. We can't wait for the government because the government has plans and has implemented those plans create houses in New Bedford and also uh, 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 New Bedford down where the uh, Bedford, I'm sorry, Bedford Mass down where the VA hospital is and then they are building something out at the veterans home in Chelsea. So where does that put the veterans in Roxbury? Where is our housing? So that's what my question was to this gentleman and he felt that I had uh, presented uh, something for him to consider. But veterans, we can't wait for the government to do anything for us. We must come together and do for ourselves. We can no longer be a finger and fight. We must be a fist to knock them out, to get the housing that we need with treatment. Because a place to live without treatment for someone that has a substance abuse and mental health disorder history, that place will become a room and then a tomb. I want you to think about that now. We want to also take this opportunity to thank Erin Murphy, uh, City Council at Large, and David, her uh, aide, for the attention that they've been giving us uh, with our issues that we are slowly bringing forward. And again, November the 12th and 13th, we'll have more information about tickets, et cetera, for the 21st 
anniversary, 25th anniversary celebration of the Oscar Michelle Family Theater Program with the collaboration of Stages Cultural Center and Berkeley College of Music. This has been a wonderful day. Uh, we're also going to be at the Strand in February. So got a lot of things going on, but we're going to keep the prayers line open, and we ask that you continue to pray for us and those that need prayer. That's me. Thank you, Ms. Loretta, for coming in. Thank Have you. Have a wonderful day over there at Step Rock, June 29th, 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. God bless, and thank you for being a part thank of you. the other page radio.